the end of the day, like you're still just talking to people. People have emotional reasons at work, right? And that can impact their decision-making. So it's definitely twofold. You still need to understand the human um, as well as understand their job and what they do for the business. You are listening to This is Product Marketing, brought to you by Product Marketing Hive, the product marketing community that gives back. I'm your host, Louise Liu. In this episode, Jennifer Crawford, the product marketing manager at PAX, shares her thoughts on developing buyer personas. Let's dive into it right now. So welcome to the show, Jenny. Hi, thank you. It's great to have you here. So um, let's get started with a short introduction of yourself. Like, How did you get into product marketing, your product marketing journey? Yeah, it was a little um, spontaneous for me with product marketing. I had been working in social and content marketing uh, for a few years. I was getting a little bored um, because I was at the same company for that period of time. And uh, I was also sort of thinking about a career switch in general. I thought I might want to be a product manager um, or even a front end developer because I had made a lot of friend, friends in um, engineering. So I was sort of going through all of that and I reached out to someone at the company who was in charge of product marketing and said, I wanna learn more about what you do and if you need any help, um, you know, let me know. Um, so that worked out really well because a few months later, the only PMM at the company actually took another role. Uh, so I was able to just backfill that role and jump into product marketing. That's awesome. I'm glad you found your love for the product marketing. <laughs> it's yeah, I, I legitimately didn't know that it existed as an area of marketing. Um, I didn't study marketing in school. I just sort of started doing it. And so it was like a light bulb went on when I <laughs> learned what product marketing was. That's great. That's great. So our today's topic is developing buyer persona uh, in a B2B company in this context. So um, what are the buyer persona in your own words? I think of buyer personas uh, more as like psychological profiles um, as like a tool that you use to understand a person or a role, even like group of people um, so that you can use that to your advantage, really, um, you know, like understanding motivations, uh, pain points, day to day activities uh, and just things about this cohort that can help you sell or message um, or really just like build a better product, um, stuff like that. So um, in general, what are sort of uh, attributes you could have to um, make a buyer persona? I think there's some uh, standard ones like demographic information, understanding um, their age and uh, maybe like their sex or gender, um, as well as education level. If you, if, you know, if, if that plays a role, um, sometimes it really doesn't matter. But general stuff like that, and into going deeper, um, of course, pain points uh, in their role. But also, I like to think of. I don't know if it has an official name, but I've started calling it pressure points. Um, sort of thinking about like you know, at work, who influences that person, like who needs things from that person and maybe pressuring them to uh, do a, a certain thing every single day, um, you know, understanding on a deeper level what their 
frustrations are at work. I see. Yeah, and then uh, I know the simplest form of、um, uh, buyer persona could include demographics as well as、uh, concerns, and then、uh, the initiatives that could address their concerns. And then,、uh, which is you know, you you talk more details about what are the pain points and then. Their activities as well. So,、um, how is it different from ideal customer profiles? Yeah, I think an ideal customer profile, especially for B two B, is more high level and more of, you know, what what is the type of company that we're selling to, and then buyer personas is a level beneath that that goes into who at that company are we speaking to.、Um, so, I see the difference that way. Yeah, yeah, that that's great. That's great. That's very clear. Now maybe we should talk about why is it important to have buyer personas, right? And then、um, once you have a nice set of、uh, buyer personas, what, what, how do you use them? What can you do with them, right? I think it's important to have them for a multitude of reasons.、Um, you know, being in product marketing, it was driven a lot by the sales orgs、um, as well as my own responsibilities. So having these personas to help. The sales teams understand who they're talking to better, which helps them, you know,、um, with their pitches and personalization and、uh, things like that. And that also helps me with messaging. Of course, you know, I'm creating these materials for the sales teams,、um, so I need to have that understanding as well. But we also discovered that sharing it with our whole org was really helpful for our product and even engineering teams were really. Looking for that knowledge on the business side of who are we creating this product for? You know, like it would help me do a better job,、uh, you know, as a developer if I understood who I was building this for. So、um, it ended up being helpful there, and as well as with、um, new employee onboarding,、um, it really helps people get up to speed on the company when they first join. That's great. Also, I think.、Um... Um, buyer persona is closely related to buyer's journey as well. Once you understand who they are, like you said, personalize the messaging or、right? position your messaging along their buyer's journey at different stages. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You are part of the team at Pax,、uh, developing buyer personas, and perhaps we,、um, you can give us a little bit of context of why, in the first place, doing buyer persona research at your company. Yes. So at Pax, we did it.、Um, For a lot of the reasons that we just talked about,、um, but also we are launching a new product,、um, and it introduced many more customers and personas to us.、Um, and there was just a lot more coming sort of down the pipeline in terms of well, we're going to need collateral for this group and this group and this group.、Um, but those were new to us and ones that we didn't have as much information on. Uh, compared to the group we'd been selling to with our only other existing product, so we sort of had this product being built, and we knew that、uh, the launch is coming, and we suddenly have like way more customers、um, that we can speak to. So that motivation for saying, okay, we need to map out these personas now and really understand the different groups and. Their different、uh, concerns. Let's talk about process. How did you develop buyer personas at your company? Maybe you can share with us and then see if these other people can practice this process as well. Yeah. So I、um, went to school for journalism, and I just sort of landed in marketing after graduation.、Um, but I was really able to use a lot of 
those skills for these buyer personas because what we did um, was a lot of interviewing. So we were very fortunate to have people at PEX who have actually worked at the companies we sell to and in some cases have been in the role um, at that company we sell to. So we did a lot of internal interviews first uh, and really just took all of that great insider knowledge. Um, we had also already gone out to the market a bit and started pitching the product as a concept. Um, and so we had already started getting a lot of good feedback from current contacts. So that was all incorporated as well. And then something that is still in process is sort of phase three is actually going out um, to people that are in the persona and interviewing them as well and sort of validating what we learned internally and um, adding more information. So how did you find uh, interviewees for research personas internally and externally? Can you share some tips with our audience? Yeah, internally, like we have just so many people that have worked in the industries. Um, so they were sort of easy to target. Like that was a lot of our revenue teams, um, our CRO, revenue ops people are really the ones that came from those companies. Um, but they also because they've worked in that space, have a lot of contacts, like a lot of friendlies. Um, and so we just leveraged those relationships as much as we could um, to, to go to those people and say, you know, I'm looking to talk to this type of company or this type of manager at that company. Do you know anybody? Um, and then they would come back to us and help us set that up for an interview. Sounds great. Sounds great. That's that's nice to have a lot of help in the process. So, um, in general, what what questions would you ask uh, them in the in persona interviews? I asked um, internally a lot about our product specifically that we were building because, of course, internally people had that knowledge, and those sales teams had already gone out and sort of seen success and failure in talking about it. So I asked a lot about, you know, what is resonating? Um, what are people not concerned with at all? Like they don't find it important or what are they asking you the most questions about? Um, in addition to, you know, what are the job titles of the people that you've been speaking to? Um, what are their pain points? What's their day-to-day -day like? Um, their demographic information? and all of that. Um, and when we spoke to people externally, of course, we didn't talk about specifics of our product, but sort of alluded to certain features of like, you know, how are you managing X? Uh, because we know that we're building a solution to help them manage X. So we would sort of go about it that way and, and learn um, their pain points and, and validate the ones that we'd already identified. That's great. That's great. So are there any interesting findings regarding your buyer persona? <laughs> yeah, we, we definitely had some good ones come back from external that really like validated our direction. Um, and so it was very comforting and exciting to see like we were definitely on the right path and we were building the right thing. Um, and internally, what was super interesting was because we have those like insiders basically, um, who could speak freely about where they worked, um, you know, we got to learn sort of the company motivations that aren't necessarily made public of like, well, what does that company care about? Like what's their business goals? For instance, are they a super product driven 
company and they care about improving the product or they care more about customers and that's all they're concerned with, you know, like, is it growth? Is it this? Is it that? So um, being able to have that and understand those motivations, I think, was really helpful in understanding who or what is influencing um, the decision makers. That's great. That's great. So um, in general, let's say developing the buyer personas, what are the common mistakes that um, product marketers could easily make? I think working in a silo is a mistake just, I mean, across the board, but of course that applies to these personas as well. Um, I spoke to like almost everyone at PEX uh, about the personas. So I think definitely making sure that you aren't just trying to develop them and then present them to everyone, like make sure you're including sales uh, and, and product or whoever may have that background information. Um, but because I used interviews as my main tool, like I think knowing what questions to ask and how to ask them uh, and knowing, you know, when to dig deeper, like um, user research can be difficult, like it's very much a skill. Um, and I was able to work with someone at PEX who has more experience in user research. Um, and she really helped me like rephrase some of my questions. Uh, and in our internal interviews, we did some of them together. And I learned from her like when to pause and ask why, 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 and really get to the root of what they were saying. Um, so I think not doing that is, is sort of a common mistake of like asking a leading question um, or not digging deep enough to really get to the, the main reason. I, I actually found out that another common mistake would be that people sometimes confuse uh, what they're doing research about. Like they confuse um, the user personas and buyer personas. Sometimes they're different in the company, right? Like a product-led growth company. The users could be engineer or developer, but a decision maker could be their, the manager level, right? So this, there's some, there's a there's difference there. As well as sometimes um, the beneficiaries of the products could be even higher up, right? Some, uh, for example, C-level people get to see the reports. That, that's what they like, the BI. Uh, products like that, business intelligence. And then I think, um, yeah, it's good to figure out like the, the actual goal, like you are doing by, by a persona and have a little like expectation of what you want to get out of this and, and then don't get lost along the way as well. And then along with the, the suggestions you gave about uh, get to the bottom of the question to figure out what do they want, what they don't like, what they, uh, what they like, right? Yeah, and that happened. Um at PAX with our buyer personas, we definitely focused on like, who are the decision makers and who influences the decision makers. That was the basis of our personas. And after we shared them out and people said, wow, like this is so helpful. Uh, their very next follow-up was like, can we get this for the users? Um, so <laughs> That's great. Yeah, that's a good job. <laughs> yeah, it's really helpful. So, um, how do you know how much information that you need to understand someone uh, to develop the buyer persona? I found that being the person who is writing the messaging, that testing yourself with messaging and personalization is a really good way to see if you have enough information. Um, so for example, if we 
started developing these personas. I'm doing interviews. I'm thinking, wow, I understand this group so much better. Um, and then I think, okay, I'm going to personalize this deck or this one sheet um, for that persona. And I would go and start trying to make changes and I would just like sort of hit a wall and think, well, I, I actually don't know how to change this. This seems like it's good the way it is, which is indicative of the fact that I don't really know them that well because I should be able to personalize it. Um, so I think that's definitely one way to, to see if you have enough, but also, you know, in general, like is your marketing and your sales working? If, if the goal is to, to get customers um, by speaking to them uh, in a way that convinces them, then um, it's pretty easy to see, like, are you getting customers or not? So, so um, how detailed can this persona be, you know? And then um, what, what could go wrong if you dive too deep with a lot of super details? Well, sometimes, you know, maybe useful, but, but let's just say, like, what could go wrong if your persona is developed with a lot of extreme details? Yeah, I think you can go, there's definitely levels for the buyer personas, right? Like you can have the most high level where you understand the job title, a couple of pain points, demographic info, um, and like the type of company that they work at. Um, and then you can go deeper into that, which I find really interesting and fascinating is trying to understand more of those pressure points or more of like psychology of a person um, and really like what is motivating them and how are they thinking about their decisions, et cetera. Um, so I think it depends on what you need at your company, how much, how deep you wanna go. Um, but the downside of making it too detailed, I would say is that buyer personas can be so useful because you apply them to a, a group. Um, and the more detailed that it gets, the smaller that group gets. And then the more personas you have to develop and like, you know, then you might personalize every single thing that you do. Um, and that might not be necessary. You know, you can personalize for a cohort instead of every single person that you talk to. So making it too deal detailed is just going to, you know, give you more work essentially. <laughs> Because um, you say you, you like looking at the psychology uh, attributes of the uh, buyer personas. I was wondering, um, have you heard of this uh, jobs to be done theory? Uh, like uh, looking at what jobs they're trying to get done with your product. And then for me, I think uh, sometimes um, people buy products, like uh, you know, even in the B2B context, some could be very personal reasons. <laughs> and, then, and I was wondering how do you... Um, is it useful when it comes to like uh, some people get very personal and get very emotional? Is it like could it be applied to other you know persona sort of situation? Yeah, I think that the um, emotional and like psychological stuff usually gets applied to B two C marketing, um, but and I don't think this is a new concept like. P2P and human to human marketing is definitely not new, but I still think with B2B, uh, people think of it so differently of like, oh, we're, we're selling to a business. And so everything gets tied back to how do you make the business money? How do you save the business money? Um, but businesses are just pieces of paper um, and it, you're still selling to people. Um, so I 
really think and enjoy when the psychological and emotional stuff from B to C can be moved over to B to B because at the end of the day, like you're still just talking to people um, and people have emotional reasons at work, right? Like they might be trying to get promoted or whatever it is in their development and that can impact their decision-making. So it's definitely twofold. You still need to understand the human um, as well as understand their job and what they do for the business. Like looking at the bigger pictures, company today, they are differentiated themselves, not only product, you know, list of features, right? And the benefits, but also like the experience that give people the customer journey, the customer experience. In your opinion, are there any like new ways to think about this buyer persona uh, and a new, new perspective perhaps? Yeah. Yeah, I think I, I definitely still tie that into the human relationship. And I think that is sort of how a lot of companies have started to differentiate themselves. Um, so this isn't like a recent example, but I did recently read the Zappos book um, about the founding of that company. And, you know, their, their main differentiator was that they have incredible customer service. Um, and so I think everything along the lines of being able to delight and um, you know, have a special relationship with your customers or win them over through that relationship is really, you have to know them. You have to know what they like um, and how they think and, and what they want. And so that really comes from your buyer personas. So of course your main motivation with the personas is maybe that you need to sell. Um, and so you're still going to focus on those basic attributes, but if you have the time to go deeper uh, and understand more about them, then you can start maybe influencing your customer service or other areas of the business that weren't the main goal, but will still improve the company overall. Exactly. Thank you for sharing. So I, uh, we're getting to the end of our time here. Do you have any final thoughts you'd like to share with the fellow product marketers regarding the uh, topic buyer persona? Overall, I think developing buyer personas is, is very fun. Like it's interesting um, talking to people, learning about what their struggles are, uh, learning, you know, all of those, those attributes of what makes them tick. Um, it's just, it's a really cool assignment. You know, everybody should, should definitely check that out. But something important as well that I was thinking about is, you know, buyer personas really aren't like one and done. Um, like you should be revisiting those personas and updating them um, and like checking in, learning more, et cetera, because obviously, you know, people are changing and their companies are changing. And so those pain points are going to change um, and, and things like that. So it's definitely a living, living document or, or project. Or awesome. Awesome. Thank you for sharing. These are very good tips. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for tuning into This is Product Marketing, brought to you by Product Marketing Hive, a product marketing community that gives back. Check out our website, productmarketinghive.com, to join our community, meet fellow product marketers, and access free resources, including training, playbooks, templates, and events. If you enjoyed our podcast, please subscribe and give a five-star rating on the platform of your choice. See you next time.